to the beyondthebaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefee, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facility side of our business. Standards and character are what a leading figure in the club business, Isabella Graff, looked for in herself as she grew in her various roles. Now, as a leader in the private members club industry, she looks for the same in the candidates she is looking to hire. Standards and ethics were ingrained in her work ethic as she learned from mentors in our industry. Hello, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanafee, your host, and each time we come on the air, it's indeed a pleasure to bring you the news and the views from the private members club and boutique hotel industries. Coach Isabella, or Bella as she is known to her co-workers, is an outstanding example of the growing professional tennis management program. The PTM graduate from that program at Methodist University And with three internships under her belt, one for each summer through those college years, Bella believed she was well prepared for the industry. That was until she realized that member relations, not teaching, is at the heart of our industry. Those internships, she says, were crucial to her development. Graf is now head tennis professional at the Landings Yacht Golf and Tennis Club in Fort Myers, Florida. Isabella remembers her first few jobs, and like many others, arrived thinking she knew it all at her summer positions but learned quickly from some of the best in the business that she had to offer best-in-class hospitality, both on, but more importantly, off the court. It has to start with yourself, says this leading female in our industry, who is now a regional leader of the tennis industry's USPTA. You have to work on yourself first, setting high standards for yourself, she says, which will then translate to your client members and fellow staffers. Graf says she looks to the character of a candidate rather than their gender. She wants the best person for the job at hand, no matter if they're a man or a woman. But on the flip side of that coin, Graf looks more and more at herself as a mentor to up-and-coming female professionals. She wants to introduce other female pros, or even those who might be thinking of becoming an instructor, the opportunity of being a coach and the chance to understand both the challenges and the rewards of being in our industry. By the end of this podcast, you'll realize just how good Graf is. She's really, really good at this job. This year, we bring in a new quick fire round of questions on some of our podcasts, and Isabella answered all the toughest questions with ease and compassion. Before I bring Isabella on the line, I'd like to remind our 12,000 listeners just what we do here at Beyond the Baselines. We're a full-service management consultancy, offering either full management, interim management, executive search, advising all to our partner clubs. Partner clubs have included Wiano Club up there in Osterville, Mass., and Fishers Island. They're off the coast of Connecticut in the middle of Long Island Sound, all the way down to the Beach Club in Palm Beach, Florida. So please give us a call anytime on 508-538-1288 or email us today at consultants at beyondthebaselines.com to find just how far we can grow together. But now... From the west coast of Florida, where the sands meet the Gulf of Mexico and the sunsets are truly inspirational, comes an inspiration in our own industry who no doubt will be a mentor of her own, if not already. Here's Isabella Graff. Hello, folks. Welcome to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanifee, your host. And and, uh, tonight, I'm really happy to have Isabella Graff, who's the head pro at the landings over there in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, Isabella, great to see you here, and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Ed, for having me. Appreciate it. 
we were just talking quickly before we went on air about where I, I basically first time and only time I ever seen Isabella was at the Moorings Yacht and Country Club down here in Vero Beach. Uh, you were an umpire for my daughter at her first ever tournament, the Porthole Classic. I think she was an eight and under. Um, yep. what, you know, what's your story? How did you start? When did you start playing tennis? How old were you and where were you? Uh, so I was seven years old and mm-hmm. I was in um, just south of Munich, Germany, where I grew up. I was born there and raised there. Um, and I really started playing tennis when I was seven. I took my first clinic um, at a very small uh, club in my hometown. And the reason why I really started playing was because I had just basically excessive energy as a kid, and which I still kind of do for the people who know me. And uh, my mom said, you know, just let's just calm her down a little bit, sign her up for sport. And that's pretty much it. Really? So it was kind of like yeah. a, a, a a drug uh, going on the tennis court, keeping you calm, right? Instead pretty of much, uh, having you yeah. hyperactive. Yeah, pretty um, much. And and when was the fir- when was the first time you you played a tournament? How old were you and 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 how'd you do? If you remember, I was a yeah, I kind of do remember actually. Uh, I was about I'm gonna say ten years old, and I played in this interclub uh, junior tournament. So it was in Germany where I started playing tennis, and it was really fun because everybody was learning tennis, and nobody really had any experience. So it was very uh, interesting to say the least. Did now I don't know German. You know I don't know German tennis at all. Like in mm-hmm. high school, do, do you have high school teams? Do you have what we have here? Like we go to states. And do you have a, a? Did you play in high school? And and did you play for your school or did you play like? I, I know they have clubs. Like there's this big club right. league there. Yeah. And, yes. And the club league is actually almost professional. Is it, did you participate in that? Um. Yeah. It, it, Europe is very different from the U.S., um, which yeah. I think is why people come to the U.S because you're able to play high school tennis and college tennis in the U.S. Um, Europe doesn't really have that. If you wanted to do something like that, you would have to go to like a sports-specific school. Um, That's how they really do it. So, no, I did not play for high school. I played for the uh, inter-club. Right. And and did did they pay you for that? No, it was just, uh, you know, volunteer. If you're interested, you, you do it. Okay. So you do not get paid for that, yeah. Um, and and how did you get to the United States? Was it for college tennis? Is that how you came to the United States? Um, pretty much, it was uh pretty much for tennis and college. So um, you know, I I wanted to do the American dream, like people say, and uh, it was definitely an American dream. You know, I went to college and had a great education, and that's really why I came to the states uh to begin with. And and where did you go to college? What was the uh, what, where, where did you go? Because I know it's it's tough. I've talked to a lot of European you know students that come over. They're not quite in touch with where they should go. Where where did you end up? Right. At, and how'd you do? I went to uh, Methodist University, okay. uh, which is in in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I know it. Yep. Yeah, you know, I'm sure uh, people do know it. Uh, but they have the PTM program there, which stands right. for the professional tennis management program. So right. um, that was an incredible experience. And I chose that school specifically for the PTM program. So just for our podcast listeners, the PTM program is is, is famous. It's getting uh, more and more notoriety. It, it, it started at just a few schools. 
It's now going to, you know, Florida State. It's a, Methodist yep. was is one of the first, I believe. Ferris Ferris State uh, out in Mer- Michigan had it. So tell us, you know, this is really interesting for those who want to come into the industry. How did the PTM program, you know, you're now a head pro. I know you started <laughs> your career. We, we followed you since, uh, and we'll talk about this all the way back yep. to the days of Wackabuck. Um, but <laughs> how did the PTM program prepare you? for what you're you're facing right now at the landings which you know is a great club big club over there on the west coast how did it help yeah. you prepare oh my gosh there's so much to talk about but about this one because um the, the my favorite part about the ptm program is probably the fact that you you're forced or you have to uh do three internships per or to graduate so you have to do one internship every summer which mm-hmm. gets you out into the, you know, real wor- world, as they say. Um, so you get to experience a lot. You get to meet other professionals. Um, and, and you really get to know a lot about yourself. And I think that's the most important part, because if you don't know where you want to go or what you want to be, then it's it's kind of hard to start a career right off of college. So um I think it that alone, the experience working in the real world as an intern um, was like worth it all the way through. Did it talk to you about the business side of, of, of yep. being a director? Yes. Huh? So that's the beauty of the program because they, they really, they take the whole thing and they break it into semesters. So I think we had a semester on racket repair, one whole semester on that. And, you know, that includes selling rackets, uh, being able to uh, sell the correct racket to a customer, re-gripping, re-stringing, all that stuff. Um, you know, the tension, the gauge. I mean, there's so much to talk about, but they really go into a lot of detail to make sure we're really prepared for what's to come. At Beyond the Baselines, we have over 25 years of experience with management of private members' clubs and boutique resorts. Whether it's finding the inefficiencies caused by the blurring of roles between management and board governance, managing a single department, or educating and mentoring a key employee, we have served the private members' club industry like no other consultancy since 2007. Partnering with club governing bodies and working alongside management, we bring a team of highly specialized and experienced associates for that personal touch and hands-on management style to achieve long-term goals with short-term results. At Beyond the Baselines, we understand the traditions and importance of membership, but history and connections to a bygone era shouldn't inhibit growth. In fact, we believe they can be a catalyst for change. So please visit our website at beyondthebaselines.com or give us a call at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. So Isabella, tell us about Wakabuck because you work for Harry Gilbert and I haven't told him that I'm interviewing you. So I'm really excited to tell him that. But I grew up there. My first job, my first job was at Wakabuck. I taught the kids camp. You know, they come up from the lake and uh, I swept courts. What was Wakabuck? Was that your first job in the United States? Tell tell us about your first job. And it wasn't. So tell us about your first job and then tell us about Wakabuck. Oh, my gosh. So my first job, I don't know if you can really say it's a job because I was in a high school trying to just earn my gas money to be honest in, in New Jersey and I helped out you know with the tiny tots as they call it um 
Hey, they that's what like, we call them up at Sipican. We call them tiny tots. My daughter teaches the yeah. tiny tots. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. So it's a, like they were about like four or five years old and very young. And I, I did it twice a week for an hour and got cash. So I don't know if that's really a job. But, you got cash. You didn't pay um, taxes then. So be careful. That's also true. That's true. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Um, no, but but Wakabuck was obviously a real job. And that was um, my third internship in the PTM program. So after junior year going into senior year. And then I actually got that job back right after graduation. Harry gave me the job back uh, for that summer of 2016. So it was amazing. And, and, and what are your memories of Wakabuck? Tell me what you, you know, what, what, what do you think about the place? What, 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 you know, what are those wonderful summer memories up in upstate New York? First of all, the area is absolutely beautiful. It's, a, it's in Westchester uh, County. So, yep. you know, super green, beautiful weather. It can get hot, you know, in New York. But um, I have so many memories. But Harry Gilbert um, is an incredible director and professional, I think. And he really, really made a difference in my career. And I've told him this before. Um, we've talked about this actually at the USPTA convention not too long ago. And um, he helped me with so much, but mostly... I learned a lot about myself working for him and we can talk about that too, but that's. Yeah. Tell really... me about that. I mean, that's, you know, I, obviously I work yeah. with Harry every day, so he's, he's one of my partners in the, in the business and the company, but he, tell me about how you, how he mentored you, because that's what a lot of directors need to do more of in our business. I think to, to, I to, yes. to bring, especially female pros like you into the, into the fold. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you learned about yourself under Harry. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I'll talk about my first year there uh, as the intern. Um, you know, I came in thinking I know it all. You know, you're young, your ego is like up to the roof. And, you know, you think, oh, this is going to be easy. I got this. <laughs> and I walk to the walk of our country club and in that mindset, right? I'm not even going to lie. And he shut that down pretty hard because he has big standards, so high standards and He's very professional, and I really had to kind of cut that out and say, okay, I need to start fresh here because I also had other older, more experienced pros working there that I had to keep up with, and I was so young and inexperienced that it was very tough. Um, but I learned a lot about myself because Harry also pushed me to be a better professional. You know, he, he, he didn't just teach me on-court things like, you know, how to teach a serve or how to teach a lesson, but he mostly taught me um, what good standards are, what high standards are. And I'm really thankful for that because it wasn't always easy, but, you know, I, I'm very happy that I learned that back then so I can take that to uh, my future jobs. He, he's one of the consummate professionals in our industry, and and I applaud him for that. And um he reminds me of you know where I am every day, and I'm not quite far be as far behind him as uh, as you are. You know, you're younger than I am, but he's such a wonderful uh, person to work with every day. He, he reminds me of 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 where we should be aiming every day. Yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, and and trying to figure out how to better service the membership, which is you know I think you you, you I did the same thing. You 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 show up at a job at a country club and you, you have the ego, it's all about you. It's all about, you know, me. And then suddenly it's not, it's all about the member. And, yes. 
how did he or how did how do you now take what you learn there and use it to be um how can i say uh member service oriented you realize you're in the hospitality business it's not just tennis how did you take that to where you are now and and how do you do that on a day-to-day basis i just you know i think it has to start with yourself to be honest because you can't just take something and say okay this is what i'm going to do it, you have to work on yourself first. And I've spent the last couple of years really, really just setting high standards for myself first. So that way, I think you can kind of translate that more into or easier into your job, I think. That's just my opinion, but, you know, from experience. And um, because he trained me during the job when I was there, I started practicing that with him years ago. And I kind of every year I started practicing more every job I got. So that's kind of how I did it. I worked on myself and then that way you can work better for other people and serve better for other people. You know, Wagabuck is a seasonal job and Harry's been seasonal for 27 years. And sometimes I joke with him about being year round, but now you're year round. What, what do you think are the pros and cons? I, you know, I hear so many people talk about, you know, seasonal is great. You you you're you have a season, you have a you have a shoulder season, you're off. You have a, you know, spring, you're off. Fall, you're off. There are some pros to it, but what are the pros to the year rounds job that you're looking at now that you're in? Um, I think a pro is definitely more consistency because you know you live in one place. You get to also on a personal level make friends. You see them more often and. You know, you get your favorite restaurants and cafes and all that stuff. But besides that, you know, for the job related um, things, it's it's more fun to work with the same. And this is just uh, in my opinion, with the same uh, clientele or people, because then you have a chance to see them grow. Um, You know, seasonal, you're there for maybe three, four months and then you leave and then you don't see them for nine months. And it's kind of hard to keep up with their tennis, too or just making that connection. So I think it's uh, one of my favorite parts about being full-time now year-round is that you you can make better connections with the people and you're, you see them almost every day. So you get very close and you understand them more as people too. Good point. Um, yeah. yeah, I you know, I I look at it in, in some ways. I, I'm seasonal for the last 12 years and I was year-round for five before that. And for me... Personally, it's easier to be seasonal because I have like a short attention span. So I kind of like like the change, right? But for yeah. you, you're you're such an athlete and a teacher. You want that year round feel, I think. Um, yeah. and you, you express that well. Um, do you ever and this is my worry, right? So do you ever get to a, a point where your your tether is at an end? Because you you know, you don't have that light at the end of the tunnel that a seasonal pro does. You have to deal with those people day in, day out. How do you deal with that? That's a really good question. Um, so there's two things I want to talk about, but number one is, you know, I know a lot of um, full-time year-round pros that kind of sometimes talk about, oh my gosh, like I'm getting tired of my own drills and it's not just your, you know, the players, but it's also you having to stay fresh for yourself. Um, so what I do to avoid that feeling for myself is I just constantly read I watch videos, I talk to other pros, I go to conferences, and that really, really helps to stay fresh for myself, which then 
translates right to, to your customers, you know? Um, but I think that's really important to, to talk to other professionals so you can share ideas and, hey, how do you deal with that? And of course, it's harder to deal with things when you don't leave after a couple months, you're, you're here. But I think it also makes you a little bit stronger in a way because you have to deal with it and you're there and there's no escape. You have to face it. And it's a, a great point because you know, I remember showing up at my first seasonal job, which was Edgar Town Yacht Club, pretty, pretty big club. And my director there, who is a mentor of mine, said, hey, Ed, you know, this is the greatest job in the world. I said, why? He said, what can go wrong in 10 weeks? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You That's think about that. Job. It's I mean, a good point because you only have 10, you know, up there is really a quick season, right? right? Whereas you just said you you talk and you figure out how you're going to, you know, a lot can go wrong in a year, right? Right. Yeah. It, and so I'm going to I'm going to move on with the same theme. You're now the head pro. You obviously have people under you that you manage. Mm-hmm. How do you help them through that, you know, if they get into a rut in the middle of February, which is the high season down here, February, right. March, spring break. How do you get them out of that? Do they ever come to you? And when, if and when they do, what do you say to them? And how do you say, you know, come on, we got to get this, we got to get through this. I, I do it like I, I basically tell them what I do. So I share with them, hey, let's go to a conference together, or let's, you know, the USPTA sends out a lot of webinars or other things you can watch, and let's watch this, you know, just to get some different ideas or, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go hit, let's go play some doubles with two other pros in the area and talk about this stuff. But if we don't have that, those things available, I really encourage um, those pros to also talk with me through this stuff because we all go through it together. And, but I, I consistently remind them, Hey, you've got to read, you got to just come up with new drills or a new theme and, just be creative. You know, it's not always this the same way. You have to be able to change. And it's not always easy to do that. So I encourage that a lot. Beyond the Baselines is the leading executive search firm for private members clubs and boutique resorts. From the kitchens to the courts, the practice tees to the waterfront, Beyond the Baselines is your partner to find the best-in-class employees for your club, facility, or resort. Whether you are a member-owned club or a corporate hotel entity, we are the specialists for you in elite hospitality. It's not just the members that should feel loyalty to their club. It's the sense of loyalty combined with the pride of offering superior service and hospitality in every worker that makes a good club that much better. So find that right candidate with us today. Call us today at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. Or visit us on the web at beyondthebaselines.com. You know, you're you talked about the USPTA and uh, you're very involved with that. And, and I yep. applaud you for that. And I think you're the new district president over there. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. See how serious you got. Um, yeah. <laughs> Super serious. Yeah. So in that role and, and I know the USPTA, you know, you talked to Trish Faulkner. She's you know, she laments that there's only however, I, I don't know the number in front of it's not in front of me. Thirteen thousand, I think, female coaches in the in the country. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's the number. It's like one out of seven. I, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but how are you going to, as president of your district over there, 
can you is there a way that you can help welcome more women into our profession because obviously there's a a, a shortage that, that's what they talk about that's what trish talks about um of yeah. women you're, you're you're you know you're a wonderful example but how would you go around as district president try to get more people down here maybe for a seasonal job and and that person happens to be a woman how would you do it that's a hard question because it's you know i don't always like to separate that because you can be a great pro if, if you're a guy or a girl you know i i look you know that's the subject but i look at like more character right and i think that that has to do a lot with it because whether you're a man or a woman if you don't if you're not a driven person or you don't have an interest to learn and grow then you know, it's hard to pull those people in. So I think it starts with character, but going back to the whole, you know, women in tennis and bringing them down from my own experience, it really helped having like a female mentor who you can look up to. That's, so, that's where I think you are. Yeah. And that's why I'm asking you that question. So yeah, do, do, you, yeah. do you feel yourself in that role now? I think I'm slowly getting there because, you know, I have a lot of female mentors who I look up to and, I respect them fully and I think that they're awesome and I talk to them very often and I want to give back to younger female pros out there as well. So I think it's always going to be like a little bit of, you know, give and take. Um, but I know a lot of young uh, women who are also in the PTM program mm -hmm. who go out and meet people and do the internships. And I think the thing is they just need to get to know other people. And it's, I think it's more about people than anything else. You mean you know, networking, so, that kind of getting out there, putting themselves like, out to yeah. say, hey, I want to work somewhere. And Absolutely. And, and just ask questions, you know, maybe take them in and say, hey, what do you want to do in the future? You know, kind of start showing them a way if that's something they want to do or not is up to them. But that's what happened to me at the PTM program. You know, I didn't know about it until Francie, who was uh, my college coach, who's a woman, kind of pulled me in and said, Hey, I think you'd be great at this. Why don't you give it a try? You know, don't push, but kind of plant that seed for them. to so they're not scared to try new things. Hey, you know, um, I'm going to say, you know, I, I always have a woman on my staff, if not two. So I, you know, usually have two or three pros or three or four sometimes depending on COVID or not. Um, right. And, and I find that the, uh, the membership loves having, a woman on staff, if not two, because um, women always say, hey, you know, Ed, you're a great pro. But sometimes, you know, uh, a woman understands women's doubles better. And yeah, I, I throw yeah. my hands up, of course. I mean, there's no way I could understand it better. And, right. um, and and so that's something I always wonder why we don't have more women pros and women instructors. Was Angie at Wakabuck when you were there? Was she there? Yes. Angie McMahon. Yeah. And see, there's, yep. and she's yep. probably, I mean, I'm just wondering if she's one of your mentors because she's been at Wakabuck, yep. <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> and and yep. I don't want to, I don't know her that well, but I want to say that, you know, she's been there not quite as long as Harry, but a long time. And, yep. and, and she's mentored a lot of female pros. And, and so now you're in that position and, and now you're district president. What would you say to somebody who's coming out of the PTM program? And that's a female and is coming out of Methodist or one of those other schools now that's growing and say to them, this is going to be your biggest challenge. That's my first half of the question. And the second mm -hmm. half is this is going to be your biggest reward. What would you say to them? Yeah. Oh man. Um, as females or just in general, 
No, as a female, because I think this is an important conversation okay. to have because we, you know, we have a, a, a shortage and in, in, you can say it however you want. But I think it's important to say, you know, this would be your biggest challenge. And, and it could be any. It could be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had experiences on my own, too, with things like that. And mm -hmm. I don't like to play the victim ever, but it's just reality sometimes, you know, um, I think the biggest challenge is to kind of earn respect. That's something that was really hard in the beginning, especially when you're very young. Exactly. Um, you know, some people don't mind. Some people don't care how old you are or what you are or whatever, but some people still do. And that's okay, but you have to start dealing with that and, and get over it pretty much. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge, I would say. The biggest reward is really being able to do that. Um, you know, we're past all that history of not being able to do it. And now we, we have all the opportunities we need. I don't think we're lacking in that, but I don't know why we have a shortage, but maybe it's that people don't know the reward or know the challenge and they don't, maybe they're scared to know. Maybe they need that extra mentor to say, Hey, I've been through some things too. If you want to talk about it, let's, let's have a phone call. And I think that's really important because if you can't talk to somebody that has maybe the same experience, it's very, very hard to deal with it on your own sometimes. So, and, and I have those mentors that I called, you know, they were women and I said, Hey, you know, how did you deal with this? Because I don't really know what to do or why is this this way or, you know, but one thing I can really say with the challenges for, for or women in the sports is things happen for you, not to you. And that's something I really had to learn because it's easy to, you know, stand there and say, oh, why are these things happening to me? How could they do this to me? But you have to turn that around and say, okay, wait a minute, stop. This is happening for me right now so I can learn about um, these challenges. That's a great answer. You know, uh, for you, not to you. I like that. Yeah. You know, it the sport also is something that is there for you to grow into whether you're a man or a woman you can grow into the 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 situation you're in at the club you can grow into the sport you can grow into teaching and that's what right. the conferences that's what the conferences are about that's why we go to those conferences that's why we learn from others um let me ask you a question about where you'd like to be in five years. What are you thinking? What's your career path in your head? Not that you, we always follow our career path. Look at mine. Right. I was in advertising. Now I'm in tennis club management, but where do you think you're going to be in five years? What, what's your plan of action? Um, my goal is to be a director of tennis. So um, I'm making some moves and, you know, I can't talk about it quite yet, but nope, let's not um, talk. Nope. I don't want to jinx it, but uh that's basically my, my goal. That's always been my goal. And I'm, I think I'm getting pretty close to it. Um, but yeah, that that's for in five years, that's probably my answer. That That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, there's different levels of director. And um, yeah. I think, you know, as a director, you'd be actually able to even hire and manage and be a, a bigger mentor. I mean, my two, my two mentors in the business, uh, un, you know, unfortunately are both men. Um, but uh, they've helped me so much in, in ways that you don't realize until you have a situation presented to you. And that's yeah. the next question I'm going to ask you. And it's a tough one. What's been the toughest 
situation a member has put you in. So, you know, you have all this experience. You go out and you teach. And this is what a lot of the PTMers and the kids coming in these days. And you talked about egos. They come in and they say, I've got the I've got the answer to everything. And then a yeah. member just puts up one finger and says, wait a minute. And gives you a situation you've never thought about. Do you have one of those that you could share with us that happened to you? Not I actually can't put my finger on one right now, honestly. <laughs> um, not like specifically, but I do okay. remember, um, and I'm not going to say where, but at one of my sure. jobs, um, you know, as an intern, I was so young and, you know, I, I was very humbled and by all the professionals around me, but there was a, a gentleman that came in who had his daughter in our camp mm -hmm. and, you know, Parents can sometimes be a little pushy, maybe. Some some are not, you know, I don't know. But um, I know some are, some aren't. Helicopter parents. Yeah, and... I mean, that's just reality, but especially tennis, you know. And, mm -hmm. and he was one of those very strict uh, dads that really wanted um, his daughter to really succeed. And I'm not sure she wanted it, but I was stringing a racket and he came in and had a question that I didn't know the answer to. So I said, hey. Let me find out for you. You know, if I don't know, I will find out for you and get back to you immediately. So I went to the director, asked the question. He stood there, you know, kind of like, what are you, what are you doing? How do, how do you not know this? And he actually just fired right at me. You know, who are you? And what's wrong with you? Shouldn't you be in college? And, and things like that. Like, just very unfriendly. To and you, behind to the me scenes. To me, directly. Yeah. And... I just said, okay, well, he's having a bad day, you know, bye-bye. But <laughs> that it was just a very weird situation because I was not trained to do those or how to handle those situations yet. And from, that's from somebody that's from somebody that's your, you know, your colleague yeah. and, and supervisor. Yes. Yeah, so I only, all I knew back then was how to teach tennis, and how to string rackets and how to sweep a court and how to do a little of bookkeeping and that's it. I had no training in, in member relations or, you know, I didn't know how to handle those at all. So there's an old saying that you just said a whole cotton picking mouthful, right? You said, I just knew how to sweep a yep. court, how to teach tennis. I just knew how to string a racket. And then yep. you said, I didn't know how to deal with member relations. And to be honest yep. with you, as a, as a mentor and as you get better at this job and, and you're going places that you can tell, that's the secret for all those people coming in the industry is yeah. member relations. I, I remember my, I, I, you know, I, I'm a different story. I came in from an advertising firm, uh, marketing, and I came to tennis late and my boss, uh, my, my, my boss here in Florida, my first tennis boss really was, um, is excellent in his job. And I didn't, you know, I had the ego and I didn't yeah. always adhere to, what was told to me. And then his, then one of the, the general manager of the club one day said to me, Hey, Ed, you know, there's no phones allowed on the tennis court. And I said, that's right. No cell phones. And he said, well, that woman over there has her, her, her cell phone. And I said, yeah, she's talking on it too. And he said, yeah, if you don't go and take the cell phone offer, you're fired. Oh my and, God. and I said, really? And he said, yeah, that's it. And, oh um, yeah, and you've never been in a situation like that. So I went to the woman, who is a very well-known woman in town, and and I said, "Ma'am, I I, I I need to take your phone, or please hang up." And she said, "I'm not hanging up. I'm doing a big real estate deal." And I said, "Please hang up." And she goes, "No." So I went back, and 
my boss at the time, he, the, the GM said, uh, Ed, I need that phone. I went, took the phone. And you had to, I had to deal with that for a month afterward because that family knew that I was the one that took the phone. And that's a learning process that you never expect when you're trying to just teach tennis, just yes. teach tennis. Yep. And I agree. And that's something PTM, they sort of brushed up on this, but you don't get that experience until you're in that situation, I think. Exactly. You know, yeah. And, and you can't always teach that. You have to just go, okay, this happened. Here's how to deal with it. This happens. Here's how to deal with it. And that's why the internships are so important because you get that experience a little bit. You get to see it. Maybe it doesn't happen to you. Maybe it happens to your boss who's a director and oh, how does he handle or she handled this situation? I can learn from that, you know, and it's so hard to be in those situations, but um, that's why mentoring is also really nice because you can talk about those things with your mentor. I'm going to ask you, because I know you, you worked for Harry, so I'm going to ask you, and I, these are questions, you know, when they, when they say when you're an attorney, never ask a question you don't know an answer to, and I'm, I know the answers, and I know what you're going to say, but I want to say them oh, and have everyone record okay. them. Do you show up to your lessons early? Yes. How early? At, with Harry? Yeah. <laughs> with uh, Harry, I'm, yeah. With Harry or me? <laughs> well, um, but you show up early, right? You don't show up two minutes before the lesson. No, never. That, no, no, no. That's a big no-no. Do so you have get the balls out early? That's yeah. right. Do you have a clinic plan when you have a clinic? Do you have a plan in your head before you go out there? Do you know who's who's in it and they have a plan? Yes. Yep. Have you ever had to seed a tournament? Seed the tournament? Um, seed. Not you know, yet. seed. Not yet. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, not yet. I have. Yeah. No. Actually, I have once. Yeah. Okay. And did you ask for help? Yes. Exactly. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me two, more quick, two more quick fire questions have you ever had a uh a question put to you that you couldn't say yes to by a member and how did you handle it really quickly yes uh i don't oh my gosh I, I really don't remember all the details but i remember it was just something very simple actually that i said no nah, sorry i can't do that and i just formulated in a very diplomatic nice way and said look you know, here's the reason why. And he understood. And the member was okay. Yep. I mean, you know, first it's like, okay, great. I'll, I'll get over it, you know, but I explained why. And then he said, okay, I understand that. So that helped. Great. And finally, have you ever had a kid, a member's kid be rude to you and you just have to say whatever and walk away? Yes. <laughs> Great answer because, you know, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. So my last question to you, and I've just put you through the grill, is um, you, you want to be a director of tennis and uh, you're looking forward in your in your in your career. How will you as a director of tennis change? I don't want to say too much because I want your answer, but how would you change the ethos of a club? Because that's what we do although we don't want them let the membership always know that. Right. But how would you change the ethos of a club to to a to a characteristic that you enjoy? Like what's the when you look at a club like you worked at Wakabuck or you look at the landings or you look at the moorings, 
What's one of those things that you really loved about those jobs that you would bring to a new club? Um, I would have to say it, it sounds kind of, you know, boring, but the standards, it's as simple as that because, you know, events are events and, and I'm, I love events. You know, I, I think outside the box, I'm very creative in that way. But I think um, the biggest thing is really setting a new standard for the program and kind of redesigning that. And that's what I'm really looking forward to because everybody, every director has their own standards and that's fine. I'm going to have mine too. And I want to reach that level with the team. So it, it sounds very simple, but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a very big thing for me. That it's I not simple. Carry. So it's from <laughs> Harry. It's a, it's a wonderful, yep. it's not simple. It, it involves, if you think about it, standards involves, you know, morals. It involves, yep. um, you know, uh, communication with your staff communication with your membership communication with your superiors you know the, yep. the general managers it's a great answer and it's it's not simple and uh yep. isabel it's been great to have you on the podcast thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and Absolutely. uh and and good luck with your search i know you're you, 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 you we're gonna see great things from you and and let's keep in, t- in touch uh, over the next couple of years yes i would love to thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to beyondthebaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.